connect with the sacredness of southern France, the land of Cathars, Mary Magdalene and Jesus, and hear the disclosure of the prophecy for New Earth. This is Live the Impossible Show, here to rock your world with quantum leaps on how to change reality, lead with passion and live your dream. Pam Susanna and Oliver are your chat show hosts. We dive deep with legendary, conscious and world-changing leaders. Join the movement where we dare to be different. When you lead with your genius, you make anything possible. Your hosts are Susanna and Oliver and our guests are Anaya and Pete a married couple living and loving in the historic and beautiful foothills of the French Pyrenees, where they run a bed and breakfast. Together in union with the land, they take people on their own grail quest and into an immersive interaction where an initiation by the feminine principle is almost always guaranteed. Anair is a multi-published author of seven books, and has a background in design, kundalini yoga, and mystic feminine wisdom. Pete is an ex-infantry soldier, a no-bullshit, straight-talking man who through poetry and prose explores the hero in the guise of the guy next door. So welcome, and I and Pete, to Live the Impossible Show. It is really wonderful to have the two of you with us today. Oh, thank you so much, guys. It's so great to be here. Sounds like a real challenge, living the impossible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. You tell me. I, I think you, as I see it, you, you're both uh, doing it. Yeah. I, I just want to say that it's so lovely to connect. We were supposed to do this episode, actually, in France, where you stay. Uh, and that because we were supposed to come and... I was going to say babysit, but more house sit and, and dog sit um, as you were traveling and doing the Camino. And we had to cancel everything due to this lockdown. So I'm happy that we could actually manage to do this anyway. But um, it is yeah. quite an interesting time we're in. And we have talked a lot about on our show about, in a way, a lot of people are living the impossible now <laughs> like life is really not the same anymore so so how are you guys experiencing the time right now well we have been in lockdown i believe since the 16th of march so we're getting on for six weeks now and it has been a really amazing and uh welcomed experience the slowness the timelessness the doing only what's necessary um so fear and uncomfortableness was not showing the whole thing was being really warmly embraced <laughs> until <laughs> um, <laughs> until last night watching the um return of the humans uh, Planet of the Humans. Planet of the Humans documentary. Mm -hmm. Won't go too much into it, but it was a um, it was a very heart crushing, important documentary. I wouldn't say, oh, I wish I didn't see that. It wasn't that. It wasn't sensational. It wasn't hyped up. It was a very sober 
look at the real face behind green energy and renewable fuel. But by golly, it, um, it sent me into, I won't say a dark place, it sent me into a very maturing, um, the, the mask was ripped off. <laughs> I have researched a lot of what I call horrible and terrible subjects because I, I wanted to put that into my last book. And I really thought I'd seen the worst <laughs> of all things. But last night showed me something else. And it wasn't horrific. It wasn't bloody. It wasn't even cruel. Well, it kind of was. It was... Um, it was the fact that great big trees were being fed into this incinerator just to keep our economy going. Forests in America were just being stripped bare and just fed into this power plant, one tree trunk after the other, and that's what did it. And it was that simplicity of seeing the trunk, the tree trunks going in one after the other after the other. And I can't quite yet articulate what it's done. But um, you know, when you're at the end of an integration, you start to feel the tenderness, you start to feel the humil humility. I'm in that place yet, can't articulate it. I have no idea what I've gone through, but I'm glad I did, although it was horrible. Petey? Yeah, um, you're living the impossible that that somehow that documentary fits into it all um it's it's like sort of the bubble is still bursting it's like someone stuck a pin in this big balloon it's just exploded and all the bits are coming down to earth kind of and what does that mean you know and it's kind of like the lifestyle we've all been living and the one everyone subconsciously expects us to go back to after all this is done that cannot must not carry on so living the impossible might actually sound like something as simple as us living within our means what that means is as far as possible that we grow as much of our own food as we can that was a big and, rumble from the thunder, <laughs> emphasizing what you just said there. Yeah, no, I, there was a there was a deliberate pause there. Yeah, <laughs> that was God having a word. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's that the impossible as was must now become possible. But the thing is, we can't any longer wait for someone out there to make the laws to force us to do it. We have to get on with it now, and there are no guarantees of what the outcome will be. And equally, there is no use and no point getting into fear or or abusing here, giving up, giving up. Because anyway, we still need to eat and we still need to function. How are we going to do that? How can we continue to live our dream when the world's dream just burst? So interesting set of um, encouragements. Mm. What I like about what you just shared there, Pete, is the empowerment mm. that is growing up. 
both from the experience that you are having after the documentary, and we will put a link in the to the mm. documentary in in the show notes so everybody can find it, yeah. um, and also, in general, from what I see during this uh, lockdown um, that we are in now, uh, there there is no going back. Mm. It is, and um, I'm quite happy for that. Yeah. Because who who would want to go back when we can move forward yeah. and and create something <laughs> and something much more beautiful together as a species? Well, I, I I really feel it's it's going in. We are maturing, as you were saying, and I that that it's it's that. You know, like we we have been on this ascension and awakening journey for decades, a lot of us. And in a way, we have also lived in a bubble mm -hmm. and we had been like ostriches put their head in the sand. And it's like, no, we don't want to see. We don't want to. It's like everything is love and light. And. And by doing that, we have given our silent consent. Mm -hmm. And I think we to create a new earth where we do come together and we all you know step into our own power we also have to you know have the bubble have to burst and we have yes. to pinch it and we need to get out of this um teenage year and and grow up <laughs> yeah 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 i have a feeling that our world leaders uh they're rather keen that we go back to how it was mm. to keep that economy running i believe that's why the restrictions are being lifted not because it's safe not because the virus has gone no 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 they're just panicking because uh you know the price of oil's going down and shares are dropping and there's a part of me that's glad that the virus is still here you know, to insist that we cross that threshold, like you said, you know, drop the teenager inside of us, step into elderhood. And that virus is, is like, a, it's a benchmark. It's always gonna be close. Um, yeah, thank God it, it remains actually, that's, that's how I feel. Yeah. Well, it's quite interesting because like it, there is that expression, you know, what is this like the, the camel through the needle's eye or what yes. is that expression? Uh, and, yeah, I know the one you mean. Yeah. It <laughs> and, a, it's something like a, a, a rich man entering the kingdom of heaven is as likely as a camel passing through the eye of a needle. Yeah. Mm. And we are passing through the eye of the needle now. That's really what I'm sensing. It's just like we're standing there in the threshold. And it's like, yes. all we have to do is keep on moving and saying no more. We don't want to go back. We, we, yeah. It's only further. It's only mm. yeah. through that is acceptable. I, I feel um, I will be noticing myself how real do I mean it? I don't want to go back. And it's like my vote is in my purchases. That is how I will know <laughs> I've crossed that threshold. Because, you know, I can, I can do a bit of spending on Amazon. 
I can go to Amazon and order all sorts of things, mm. knowing it's going to be in the house in four days' time. But I don't want to do that. Mm. And I am hopefully, God, I hope, I will be watchful of where I'm placing my money because that economy goes back to what I saw on that documentary last night. And I do not want to feed that. I do not want to feed that. I, I I totally resonate with that. And I think it was last year we started to talk a lot about it. When, I, when we did our um, journey last year in, in Asia, we, we really started to look at, well, you know, it's like the, what are the options we have and always go choose the one that was the highest vibrating you know, conscious choice. Yes. And, you know, sometimes you, you, if you stand with two choices, it's like, okay, pestle or cholera. I don't know if that's an expression in English as well, but that's, a, that's like a Scandinavian thing at least. But, but it's like, uh, which one then is, is like the purer or higher mm. frequency of these two? Uh, because also as we have walked as we saying it's like we have we thought the green energy was green and was better for environment so you, we can only do what we are conscious of and make choices from that place but we really have also with everything we do and and our own business we talk a lot about the conscious profit where it's it's also that how can we invest and re, you know, bring into how, uh, conscious businesses to, to make the world a better place? And how can, so it's not about it's like, well, and then we, we make money and we spend it on, you know, some low vibrating stuff or, you know, but really then it's like, okay, how can we re keep this economy sustainable and then, invest and support those more who are authentically more conscious greener choices to mm. to support the environment mm. um yeah very wise but it's not it's a jungle and what we don't know we don't know yeah but it's also like you said and i uh, there is a thing around the closer it is to where you are, the more you know about it. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> that was what I, yeah. I, I heard about. And I've, you know, I know you, the two of you, you live in this beautiful, amazing area and, and place uh, with a lot of uh, local diversity. So, mm -hmm. mm, and I, I just got, it would be wonderful to speak a little bit about that. We were mm -hmm. in your uh, area a few years ago and um, before we, Susanna and I, before we traveled down there, we were, I think we were there four or five days. And I wrote to you, Pete, because we, we, we hooked up, I think, eight, nine years ago in, mm. uh, in Copenhagen and then had a few questions about where we could stay and stuff. And then left it there. And we come down to this beautiful area um, around the Montsecure and Rennes-Chateau in, in southern France where, where, where you are living um, 
and in the middle of a stargate, the stargate in, the of, in the middle of stargate wow. 12 and uh, yeah amazing energy down there <laughs> so um and one of the days and we were doing energy work susanna and i and we one of the days we were guided to okay today it's you know we have to go to Montsecure. so we walk up and at the walk up the mountain and and at the entrance gate to the to the ruin of the castle there uh we meet you pete <laughs> you're there <laughs> i remember yeah. of course and i remember being going oh my goodness pete <laughs> and you were there so talk about you know first of all talk about synchronicities when you're supposed to meet someone mm. um because we didn't make any plans about meeting up mm. uh, but we did meet anyway and got the chance to do some energy work with you right there and then around the holding holding space for the as as the two masculine poles we, we held a good space you and i there mm. um but how do you how do you i just want to hear you talk a little bit about the place you live and, and the magic of it because I think that's that could be something that is relevant um, mm. coming out of this how can we create a better world mm. and also maybe a little bit about the history of of Montsegur and, and that whole area because it's it is about the really the sacred union and the uh, but we have the whole Catharic uh, history that is quite heavy in itself. It's Montsegur in itself. It's it's quite heavy. I felt I I could really tap into the old wounds and pain and slaughtering that was there as well. So <laughs> go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, Anaya is the historian for the two of us, um, <laughs> and she's the, the storyteller. I'm the one that is constantly wanting to bring things back to here, grounded and now. And I'm sure we'll go into the beauty of this area quite quickly. But the simplicity of the French situation with lockdown is we're not allowed more than one kilometre away from our front door for more than one hour per day to walk animals or go to the shop all that kind of thing so however beautiful this area is we're still in very tight lockdown and so i personally choose to see lockdown as the biggest gift from the universe to my life personally ever after missy here <laughs> and what that's about is it's made forced me into a place where i cannot move and I cannot do freely as I would choose. But rather than seeing that as a set of restrictions, the, um, the apparent impossibility of, of being free, actually the thing is on its head because like many others, I've always wanted to get into meditation. I've always wanted to do this form of study. I've always wanted to do that. I've always wanted to be more present in the moment. And now I find the biggest gifts from lockdown are actually time and space. I have the time to complete one thing at a time, like washing up, without 50 million other things on my brain, 
and I can use that as a meditation in presence right here, right now in a repetitive way. Same thing with the gardening we were doing earlier, picking white stones out of the gravel, out of the earth, one at a time. It was like, this is what it means to be present, be here in the minutest detail. Um, and space, we literally don't see anyone, you know, thanks to lockdown, there's hardly anyone in this area anyway, but there was no guests suddenly knocking on the door, wanting a room for the night kind of thing. So we know that no one is going to come and knock on the door. So is that sense of spaciousness. Mm. Wonderful. And lastly, if we're, if we're so blessed, we're looking at another house, even further up into the mountains, further into the forest. It's, it's about two kilometers on its own private road from the nearest public road. And the, the guy who set it up, it's, it's biodynamic and he's, he's had it going like 30 years. So we'll easily be in our own perfect little world, as it were, where we can grow everything ourselves. He's got tons of raised um, seed beds and all the you know, walnut trees, all kinds of things, ponds around the house. There's, there's so much in touch with nature. And that's the bit, that is the beauty of this area. I'm and we're hoping we can draw people to come and leave their telephones behind, leave their cares behind, leave the job behind, guys, and just sit in this deck chair and watch that tree. That's your task for the day. So that's the, the impossible I would like to invite people to come and share with us. Mm. History. Oh, I, would, <laughs> I would like to raise something very important. And if you guys don't know this, you will want to know this. <laughs> so going back to Montségur and where we live and the Cathars and who were the Cathars, you could say in a, in a quite factual way, they are the spiritual and maybe physical descendants of Mary Magdalene and Jesus Christ following that very, very pure path before it became indoctrinated. Um, in 2021, we have a 700-year-old prophecy that comes to completion. So in 1321, the very last Cathar, Cathar Parfait was burnt at the stake. And whilst he was burning, he uttered out this prophecy saying, in a summarized way, in 700 years, we shall return. 2021 is also the 777th year since Monsieur and the Crusade. So there's two massive things happening in this region next year. Wow. And, you know, with the Cathars, you often say things like uh, the return of the light, or the return of the pure ones, the return of the light ones. <laughs> um, so I'm wondering, wow, look at what's happening to us, 2020, you know, the dark age, the, the two minutes to midnight moment, uh, you know, all of us collectively going into a, oh no, what's gonna happen next? 
and in in mythology and stories um the last the darkest hour is the one just before dawn mm. and 2021 looks like it's going to be dawn wow. <laughs> two amazing things reveal themselves is this the last hour so next year is definitely going to be the year to come to this region wow and i had goosebumps or truth bumps as we call them all over when you spoke yeah. i can i got them right now <laughs> yeah it really really resonates and 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 when we were there we we were staying in the center of the stargate so we we really um we were a month ago we um and what's the 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 mountain bugarash bugarash yeah. yeah so we we did active um, activations on these different places and it is so potent in that area that i never had experienced anywhere else of that really that sacred masculine and feminine uh, jesus and magdalene energy mm. and it's quite interesting because we are so it's like indoctrinated to with the story that you know she was the whore and but we know that that is not even it's like how it's not how is it even connected with france and i don't think like that is a common knowledge so would you like to share a little bit about that part of the story as well because the, you know a lot of people might not know this well there's many tales i'll give you the my two favorites yeah <laughs> one Please. is that joseph of arimathea was a well-versed well-educated wealthy uncle figure to mary magdalene and he organized a boat to come to saint marie de la mer in the camargue in southern france uh, where she was taken in by a gypsy priestess Sarah Lakali, and then safely guided over to this region where she could continue on the ministry. The other version is that they simply got into a boat. <laughs> they got into a boat. They didn't have a clue. They didn't even have a sail or a rudder. And they drifted. Nature, the natural world, took the boat and just so happened to bring them to Saint Marie de la Mer. And the same story carries on from there. An incredible being, uh, this priestess gypsy, Sarah Lakali, who was Egyptian. So that's interesting. Mm. Um, she used her great big gorgeous gypsy dress to float out to them on a raft <laughs> because <laughs> they, would, they were hapless. They had no sail, no rudder. And this ginormous powerful woman used her dress and pulled the boat to land now of course this is a priestess this is a gypsy queen can you imagine the kind of meeting that must have taken place <laughs> and if she wasn't aware who they were she soon would have been and uh, wow and then the story just begins and where Peter and I live, this area has always been um, heretical, independent, 
people doing their own thing. They're not really part of France. They're not really part of Spain. Um, so this spirit of, nah, we'll do it our way. <laughs> don't try and order us. Don't try and rule us. This was the very best place for her to come. Mm -hmm. And her message was so exquisitely received and held and cherished. So how do you see it connects with today? You know, like you mentioned the Cathar and the prophecy and all of that, but with Jesus and Magdalene and the time we're in, how do you see that part is emerging? Well, we know that the Cathars lived a very simplistic way of life. Their churches were woodlands and fields and beside rivers and beside springs. They were vegetarian. They were very, very gentle, very low impact people. You know, on a very basic level, maybe that's what we have to become as we step out of lockdown. Um, we have to be a certain vibration. We have only a certain energy will be permitted into that new earth. And to me, that is what they were. Pure, simple, humble, kind, considerate, very, very united with the natural world. The, 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 the natural world was their sacred place. They didn't need a room or a church. They just met in nature and gave masses and baptized and done the consolamentum. So to me, it's, it's one and the same thing. Mm. Beautiful. You two look like <laughs> cathars right now. Oh, yeah. You're actually oh, glowing, just, both of you. Yeah. And here is the thing. When you imagine a cathar, probably like me, I used to think they're walking around in chocolate brown robes like Pete's hat. No. They are wearing the colour that's right behind you. They wore like a royal mid-blue. That was their robe. And, and when I look at you, it's like, oh, God, there they are. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess when, because you have this beautiful house where you have a bed and breakfast and you do a lot of work also, so you have guests coming in. I could imagine some of them totally unaware about the place and <laughs> the history and everything, and other people coming there for a reason. Mm. And then you also do work with people on different levels. Is there any of that that comes up that you would like to, to tell about? Uh, um, Anaya is the big one here um, with her, her online presence and the mystical work she does directly with people. If we do happen to go to this new house, I would very much like to bring or create the space in such a way that it's in inviting to men as well. Um, so it needs to feel safe, secure. It's not a workshop space. It's not a retreat center. It's just a place where you, you know, you kind of relax under a tree and you have conversations, led conversations perhaps, on a certain direction but it's that's not why you come 
you, you think you're just here to relax a week from from work or whatever but the, the real work you know the real therapist is the green the green embrace so taking people with the dogs out into the forest especially these guys and you're like you know what's going on what things are squaring your moon what kind of things can't you normally talk about but would be wise to that kind of thing but you also take these uh cave tours as well right so you walk into those sacred caves um yeah i mean i've done cave to cave with guys it was something i had hoped would be more popular but i think guys are a bit threatened by them as well so still an option and that's kind of how we're going to do things probably even if we're still here it's more instead of it being a week long or a long weekend something people who come here they tell us how they want to play things what their interests are so we know where to take them what kind of things are going on between them so we can take them to other places um so Caves are definitely something when people have heard that they oh I would like to spend a night in a cave. So we have the equipment to to be able to sleep in the caves and eat a good breakfast in the morning, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, we've got this thing called Wilson's Way, which is taking people on on the old walks, not so well known, and many of them unsignposted. So it's a, a journey in that sense. But the most important is is for us to read these people when they arrive and where are they? Where do we think they would need to tread? Literally, internally or as well. So we'll see, it's see how things are. So interesting you saying this because I had a conversation today earlier where we discussed also of, of the time we were in and how we have shifted into all this clearing and you know we have upgraded and upshifted and and now it's almost like for a lot of us our mission is over and now it's it's really to walk as the masters and be it it's not so structured anymore in that sense it's really about following the energy and mm. and uh tailor and that's what ollie and i are doing with our programs it's also like really taking that unique path of the people we support and mentor in their what they need from where mm. they're at because we have the tendency in the world to you know put people in a box it's like okay this is what we're going to do and this is what but i think it's an increased um need need is probably not the right word but but like longing to really have that unique flavor and tailoring uh coming through so i think mm -hmm. that that is really part of the future and the way to move yeah 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 i mean much much when people are here the day is designed from breakfast from a conversation with these people perhaps and Anaya and I'm in and out of the kitchen and listening to what are their interests and oh and then we kind of cobble together their day suggesting here there and everywhere um, along the lines of what they've been talking about and there's lots of aha moments where somewhere 
the real reason why they came, which they maybe didn't know about, mm. slips out. And one of us will pick that up and start expanding in that. What is that? What do you mean by how does that show itself in your life? How would you like it to be kind of thing? Hmm. <laughs> but you and I, you have also all these amazing books and you re you're really committed into the mystics and, and this sacred feminine um, path. Mm. Could you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I guess I, well, I definitely did. I have, I had a bit of a moment from a very early age um, of just seeing, glimpsing uh, a man on the steps of Sacré-Cœur in Paris. And that really strong Darshan, I was just a kid. We just held hands for a moment on the step and we just like, I gazed, not that anyone knew what was happening. He wasn't as, well, he was a spiritual being, but he didn't look it. Uh, that just changed everything. That really mm -hmm. changed everything. I had a taste of that level of love. I definitely had the appearance of what it looks like. Uh, and that was it. I was smitten. I want only that, always. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, the next time I saw a face like that was on. Jesus, whether it's in paintings or sculptures, uh, wasn't very keen on the church service. So it, it wasn't a religious pulling that I was having. It, it was to do with that level of love, you know, the sacred heart, the Holy Spirit, the Cathar faith. Mm. It's that. Um, and, and like you two, if it gets you, you just got to go. You yeah. just got to go because nothing else quenches that thirst. And sometimes I say, I, I wonder if I will ever actually really fully come into contact with it again, like I did on the steps of Sacré-Cœur. But the truth is, it doesn't really matter because <laughs> the journey is so exquisite. Even, you know, this morning was such a low point, low, low, low after that documentary. But I know that that great lowness is going to lead to a, you know, a wider chamber in the heart opening up. So, yeah, I'll, maybe I'll watch the documentary again tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, if you, if you see it, if it crosses your path, that particular flavor you're done you're done for <laughs> you can't pretend you didn't see it no. and i i i really experienced that there's never a turning back from everything because it, it you know it changes who you are it changes your dna it changes everything and when you experience we can try to push it away yeah. because we want to stay in but there is no turning back and and no. that will be like nagging until mm. we follow that path and i think by doing that that is what we call the live the impossible is really to follow that yeah those those longings and the dreams and 
and it's not about the things it's it's really that that deep within our heart and really to come back to who we really are mm. Mm. yeah mm. so where can people find you guys Usual places. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Facebook, YouTube. We have um, we have a bed and breakfast website, which is OxitaniaBedAndBreakfast.com. Um, my website, AnayaSophia.com. But we're very active every day. We're on social media. <laughs> it's very easy to find us. Mm. Oh, Pete has a website in the making men at heart dot men is that right yeah oh nice yes wonderful yeah but I, I still want to keep what i do with men i i run zoom based free calls for men uh, i want to keep it as much as i can simple so it's a lot about getting out there on facebook and then only zoom zoom is the medium but um keeping the conversation going because the guys that are getting left behind in this kind of conversation are the guys of my age and older especially mm. brits especially of a certain educational background um coming from a kind the throw off of the duty type man mm. whose life has been defined by duty to something he's probably served in some military organization or he's been fire service or police or something like that and these are the guys that are getting left without a conversation because they don't have a vocabulary mm -hmm. in the spiritual world um yeah so yeah that was a bit of an offshoot but that's who i'm interested in getting hold of yeah it's quite common that um you know the feminine one in the relationship whether it's a male or a female will come here like absolutely enamored and can't wait to start exploring and they're sort of dragging this other partner whether they're male or female like oh god the wife the husband um and that's where pete comes in <laughs> he, gra <laughs> he grabs that one because the, the you know the, the the feminine one will come off with me male or female and pete jumps in and you know rolling the eyes and tutting and what's this all about and then another conversation starts mm. yeah wow thank you for this because i was sitting here with a question around you know i just have the sense of the two of you how you complement each other so perfectly and I was going to ask you know could you bring an example of that and you just gave, you just gave it to us right there and I, uh, uh, yeah. oh bless we're actually we're capricorn and cancer on the zodiac mm. so we really are in opposition and, and that can also be the hard part about being in our relationship but everyone says the same thing oh we love being around you guys uh, together you bring everything <laughs> but we also really annoy one another because of our opposition because we you know we have two very different ways of living life but yeah. if you if, if you're in our field it's very complimentary 
<laughs> well, it's the same here, yeah. you know, right, it's, it's, yeah. it's like, it, it, and I think that a lot of times I have thought about this quite a lot because I was really struggling in, in that, you know, partner. And I know I shared in, in previously in an episode of, of that dream I had in my early 20s. And I, I, I felt so at home. I had this, you know, just knew this is Mr. Right. You know, this is how I'm going to feel. So I measured every man I ever met to that Mr. Right sensation. And that was the sense when I met Ollie, that safety and really coming home. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, there's no one that could drive me nuts as much as Ollie because it's like, he's this, it's like have these characteristics so totally opposite me. And at the same time, it's exactly what I needed. And it's interesting. My two sisters have the same as well. You know, it's like we, we are quite active and, you know, have this fast paced energy and we found the most slow and <laughs> turtle men we can ever find. Turtle? Turtle. <laughs> suppose I'm a, suppose I'm a Wonderful. <laughs> there, there, is, there is the classic polarity. Yeah. yeah. The feminine is constantly in motion. Yeah. And the masculine is this pivotal point around which she, she can turn. Look at Tango, the great, the great um, illustration of the whole thing. Yeah. yeah but i think it takes an awareness to also to say i think a lot of marriages they they split because of, of we feel that well we're too different mm. instead of actually seeing that these polarities are the perfect match yeah. and it all comes down to how we perceive and our attitude towards it but if we don't know it, we don't learn this at school or you know mm. so it's like it we need to be have that curiosity and and you know understanding and you know, really that it is the perfection of it all in yeah. a way yeah yeah <laughs> yeah oh so it was lovely to connect with you guys and yeah. we hope to come and see you next year yeah and <laughs> <laughs> and stay as we plan this year yeah. we'll try Absolutely. again in yeah. 2021 <laughs> thank you so much yeah thank you so much to both of you for sharing yeah. your, yeah. your wisdom thank with you us guys. here it's a yeah. huge blessing so yeah great fun yeah. we'll put all, all the yes and we'll put all the all the good links to your to your sites and the internet in the show notes thank for you. for everyone to find yeah thank you so much thank okay. you bye bye Thank you for listening. Head over to liveimpossible.today to find the resources from this episode, connect with us, and get our free playbook with 11 easy insights on how to live the impossible. Until next time, here's our household musician, John Century, with Believe in You, because we do.